Welcome to Divorce Stories with attorney Dennis Vetrano, the show for people that want real answers to real divorce questions from a real divorce lawyer. And now here's your host, attorney Dennis Vetrano. Welcome back to Divorce Stories with your host, divorce attorney Dennis Vetrano. Like I said before, we've been having so many amazing guests lately, and I am so excited to talk to our guest today, Jade Bianca. She helps singles dating after divorce go from the love like they have to the one that they want. How awesome is that? Jade is a certified matchmaker and dating expert. She founded Dating After Divorce to provide divorced men and women with the effective tools, communication, and insight it takes to find a worthwhile partner. Jade offers coaching, dating profile assistance, and matchmaking services. Her passion, if I can speak for you in this regard, her passion is helping people just like you get back out there after a divorce or a bad breakup. And you're the only matchmaker on the planet who works specifically focusing and helping divorced men and women. Welcome, 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 Jade Bianca. So happy to have you here today. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. Yeah, it's great. So, so. Um, what led you to working with divorcees? I need to know this. Yeah. So I'm a divorcee myself. I recently got remarried. My, my now husband is a divorcee. Um, and so I saw that there was a lot of need for people getting back out there after divorce. Uh, there's a lot of help out there for dating when we're younger. Um, but the support after a divorce just was really lacking. Um, and so I started the personally matchmaking company for divorcees. Oh, exciting. And we're happy to have it out there. What a great resource. Uh, how is dating after divorce different, do you think? Um, gosh, do we have enough time? How long is this podcast? Um, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, it's different and, and it's similar in different ways, right? So when we talk about dating, there's a lot of advice when we're in college and in our early 20s and people are kind of making new mistakes dating. And then we don't really talk about what it's like dating after divorce and what comes with that, whether it's uh, co-parenting plans, whether it's um, dealing with trauma from previous relationships and, and not making the same mistakes. Um, and so there's, there's just so many things that are different, right? Right. Absolutely. Um, when do you think it's best to start dating again after divorce? I mean, you have, I, because I will tell you as a divorce lawyer, that's one of the most, that's one of the biggest questions I get asked. Like, when can I start dating? Do I date during the divorce process? Do I wait a week? Do I wait a month? Do I wait a year? What do you think? Yeah. So um, I won't give legal advice, Dennis, that's for you. So oh, of course, of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah, that's my um, role. So for sure. I would say, I would say it's a snowflake, right? It's different for everybody. Um, there are some divorces that uh, maybe take a year. There's some that take five to 10 years um, right. for, for that separation process. And so it really depends. I think that the slower, the better. Um, if we yeah. have to give a time frame, we can stick with like six months. Um, but other than that, I think listening to yourself and taking time to like pause and reevaluate, if you're just throwing yourself into something, new so you don't have to process feelings and emotions from your divorce because let's right. be honest it comes in stages right absolutely so so how do you how do you know when you're ready to get yourself back out there and what do you think the biggest hurdle is for someone to overcome yeah so there's so many different things that people go through it's hard to pick one i have an article on this but i think when you stop comparing everyone to your ex and when you're 
feeling less resentful towards the divorce and feeling open to the possibility of maybe meeting someone new. It doesn't have to be romantic right away, but just that thought, I think you need to listen to it and not put too much pressure on the next person you meet being your future spouse. Right. Is there anything you would suggest that divorcees need to deal with specifically or address prior to getting back into the dating scene? Or should they just jump right in with both feet? Um, well, I say make sure that you have a therapist. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And even mo- and maybe more importantly, the people who think they don't need a therapist. I could not agree more, Dennis. <laughs> um, and I think that's one of those things because we we go through so many different emotional uh, waves through that divorce that it's sometimes hard to know that we are bringing negativity into new interactions until that happens. And if you're having those negative interactions during dating, you should take a step back and reevaluate. Is it me? I, am I the common denominator in all of these? Right. Right. Absolutely. So from the divorcees you see, do you think, you think most of them are looking for serious relationships? They just want a date to get out there. Are they looking to get remarried? What are you seeing out there? Yeah. So dating after doors works with people throughout the process. Um, and so some people are just really interested in casually dating, right? Because right. I have uh, I have clients who have just gotten out of 20 year marriages and they're like, excuse my French, holy shit, Jade. I don't know what I'm doing. Everything's changed. Right. <laughs> I met my ex before the dating apps, before the time of online dating. Um, And so those people, I do encourage to take their time and casually date. Um, And then later on, if they're looking for something more exclusive, um, we talk about matchmaking. Okay. And do you think those, you think uh, the majority are looking to get remarried? Do you think the majority are just uh, there? Because I know a lot of people that I'm never getting married again. I'm never doing that. But, you know, then then I then I see them six months later, a year later, and they're remarried. So, oh, OK, do they come to you? Oh, not for the prenup. They, right. Not for the, right. Not for the prenup. <laughs> I just passed them in the grocery store or what have you. Um, so I think that truly depends, Dennis. So my clients are all different ages and ethnicities and um, different parts of the country. And so it really depends on what they're looking for. I would say if we need to get like into the numbers, maybe 40% are just looking for a serious relationship without marriage and 60% are, are open to the idea of remarriage. Right. Okay. Okay. And you said you think it's a good idea to casually date first. I truly do. Yeah. Because if you just throw yourself into another relationship, you're not really taking that time to see what else is out there and honestly learn about yourself. We, we can talk about this later, but you lose willingly or not, you lose a lot of yourself by being in such a long-term relationship or marriage that you might have just changed and not know who you are anymore. Right. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> what do you think that, what do you think the three biggest mistakes you think people are making on date in dating these, these days? Um, we can say one is making a dating app and never looking at it ever again. Just that one and done. Um, two is ordering dates like they're ordering a meal off Uber Eats. Uh, just build a date. They're doing that. Um, right. And three, three is allowing negativity to seep into new interactions. Um, and negativity can come from whether it's issues with your divorce or issues with previous dates and kind of projecting that on to, to your next interaction. Right. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. That's a good list. Uh, do you think divorcees should only date other divorcees? 
I think you should date whoever the hell you want to date if they want to date you. Um, but I think that someone who has been divorced and they have kids, it's easier to have another person in a similar situation understand your, your schedule, that you don't have the flexibility to just drop things an hour before and say, hey, do you want to get drinks? Um, I think there's more understanding um, from someone with a similar situation. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally see that. Absolutely. And the kids always end up being a complicating factor and such. Uh, If you're dating somebody who's never been married or divorced, how long should you wait to tell them you've been divorced? You're a divorcee. Oh, there's no stigma with divorce. I mean, it's 2022. I, I think that if someone has a problem with you being a divorcee, then let them weed themselves out before you even meet. Ooh, I like that. I so like that because there is such a stigma. I find for myself, that's that's one of the biggest hurdles for people to get over, even to come into my office. They may know, hey, if I want to improve my life, if I want to move forward, if I want to turn a page in my life, I need to do this. But they have so much like uh, anxiety about it because of what the, what their their perceived um, uh, stigma about being divorced. But but I'm glad to hear you say that. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that podcasts like yours and, and the work you do, Dennis, obviously helps people kind of break that stigma because it is yeah. still it's still around. But I think that it's harder for people who have been divorced twice. I've yeah. had clients that are like, how do I talk about the the second time around divorce? And I'm like, yeah, yeah we'll work it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and they and they feel and I find that I, I the clients that I encounter, a lot of them feel a sense of failure. They feel like they've failed in some way. While the relationship may have failed, they feel like they've they've been a failure at it. And, and, and there's no need to feel that way. But it, but, you know, it's something they just need to work through as part of the process. Mm-hmm. So you have so you have an advice section on your website, which I love, by the way, I think it's awesome. It covers topics from being alone on the holidays, introducing your new partner to your kids, how to flirt at 40. That's interesting. I don't I, I I'm 50. <laughs> I have no idea how to flirt now. Fortunately, I'm I'm still married and don't have to try to figure it out anymore. Um, what inspires those topics? Yeah, so all of my advice comes from my experience, my clients' experiences, uh, just things that would be relevant for those uh, specifically dating after divorce. Yeah, so real-world advice. That's excellent. Yeah. I, I always find that when you have personal experience, that you've been through something, it's so the advice is so relatable, and it's so real and so pragmatic that it tends to be in my mind, I can see it as being more effective, you know? Yeah, I believe in real and actionable advice. Yeah, And I think for sure. that, that helps. One of your topics is entitled Five Ways to Be Your Own Matchmaker. And the article starts off with, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being single. In fact, you have to choose. In fact, if you have to choose between an unhappy relationship or marriage or being single, I'd want to pick the latter every damn Time. Say it louder for everybody <laughs> in the background or in the back, rather. <laughs> that that's so awesome to me. Like, and and I think there's not only is is there a stigma, people a perceived stigma about being divorced, right? But I think there's also a perceived stigma about just being single, just being you, living for you, taking time to know you and understand you. And I think you're there to tell people no. Don't feel anxious. Learn yourself. Know yourself. Like, don't be afraid to be single, right? Yeah. And I think it's beautiful. And we didn't get divorced to settle. 
and we didn't get divorced to to kind of live our mediocre second part, our second chapter, right? So I think that you need to look out for you and your children, family, um, and then anything else is just secondary. Can you share a few of those tips? The five ways to be your own matchmaker with our now. When, I don't want to ruin what's on your website because I want to get people there. I want them to see it. It's a it's a great resource. But you can yes. give us a little taste for uh, yeah. a few of those tips. Yeah, please check it out on the website. But we can talk about the tips for five ways to be your own matchmaker. So the first tip is expand your search distance on the dating app. A lot of people uh, limit themselves. We talked about ordering partners off Uber Eats. Uh, a lot of people say, okay, five or 10 to 15 miles. I'm open to that. When in actuality, if you meet someone amazing, you don't give a crap about being in the car for another 25 minutes. So don't limit your options that way. Uh, option two is bump out your age limits. Um, people have very narrow windows when they, when they are looking on dating apps. When in actuality, if you were at happy hour with a friend and an attractive person sitting down the bar, you wouldn't stop talking to them because they're two years out of your preferred age range, would you? Right. Uh, option or sorry, tip three is to give people the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah. So everyone dating, whether it's divorced or not, are coming into it with different life experiences. So the way that you might be reading a text or you might be reading an interaction might not be what the person is intending. So giving right. them the benefit of the doubt and maybe asking a little more questions would stop from just assuming everything. Right. Uh, tip four for being your own matchmaker is get new photos. Uh, this is for women, but especially men. You guys are handsome, but you don't know how to take good photos. You're not as vain as us women, so you don't have as many options. <laughs> guys, get rid of the cargo shorts right now. The cargo shorts and the socks I, with the uh, with the sandals. That's not going to be I your profile it. photo. <laughs> Uh, and then the final tip is I want you to put yourself in new situations. Um, we kind of get too comfortable in our everyday lives. And then we expect right. our new husband or wife to show up on our door, but we're not always going to date the Amazon delivery man. So you're not going to necessarily meet that person in your comfort zone. So I want you to expand your social network. I want you to go to new events. I want you to speak to new people. Um, and start getting comfortable in the uncomfortable. Ooh, I love that last one so much. That one's awesome. So going from last piece, that was a great piece of advice, in my opinion. What's the worst piece of dating advice you've ever heard anybody share? I hope this other dating coach doesn't come for me, but it is. <laughs> it is. So uh, Blame it on me. Just blame uh, it on me. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sure she's, she's a great person. The worst advice I've ever heard is wait three months to kiss somebody. Hmm. And the reason I say that, and this is obviously doesn't uh, apply to someone that's gone through like physical or sexual trauma, but course, three months, three months to kiss someone. I don't think you're value. You're, I don't think you're weeding out the, the playboys or the playgirls. I think you're turning it into more of a game. I think that there's a physical chemistry that doesn't need to have like a time limit. But if you want to communicate, and that's what I love about working with people after divorce is because finally, most of us know how to communicate our wants and needs. Right. Um, and I think that if you're waiting so long to even to see if someone's a good kisser, I don't know. I don't know how, how much time do you want to invest in figuring out that they're a sloppy kisser? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. You want to know in advance whether or not you're going to need a napkin or something like that. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> totally. Uh, in your opinion, do dating apps really work? I think that dating apps work so well for some people. Um, and then there are other people that they don't work well for. Um, and it really depends. I met my now husband on a dating app. Um, I find amazing dates for my clients on dating apps when I run their profile. Uh, but not everyone has a successful uh, story from dating apps. Right. And I think, you know, so, so uh, full disclosure here, I met my current wife. I, I, we got, I got married later in life and uh, I met my current wife on um, not divorced. So my first marriage and I met my wife on a dating app. So um, I'm positive about the dating apps, but I think, you know, I think you need to be engaged with any of these things. I think anything you do, it's about how much you put in. And I think you working as a professional, you can assist people doing that. No, and I think I think the comprehensive approach, I think, is probably best. Yeah. And it can be excuse me. It can be exhausting for some people. Right. I think the average user spends about 10 plus hours a week swiping on a dating app and starting and stopping conversations, most of which you get ghosted on. It's hard to stay positive sometimes. It is. And, you know, I say this about relationships all the time, but I'll say it with dating, too. We, uh, you deal with people who are at the top of their craft. They do everything well. They're CEOs of companies. They're, they're, um, uh, they're top of the craft business owners. And yet they don't put a fraction of the time into their relationship or trying to meet somebody of substance as they do in every other aspect of their life. They're going 24 seven, a hundred, you know, 125%. And yet their relationship or dating, very similar situation. Ah, just put myself on a dating app in a couple of minutes and, you know, who knows, see what happens. Yeah. Like, you got to engage, right? You, yeah. And you only have so many hours in the day. You only have so much uh, to give before you're exhausted, but that is why a lot of, professionals who don't have the time or the capability or even just the bandwidth uh, come to a professional. Right. But that's where you come in. My point is, if they're running a company and they needed a task done that they couldn't dedicate the attention to it, they'd get a professional to do it. But yet with their relationship or their dating, they don't (laughs) they don't put the resources to it. So but Dennis, similar to people coming in to talk about divorce, someone needs to come in and and say, hey, can you help me with this? And I think sometimes that admitting that things aren't going well, people take a little too uh, personally. In actuality, asking for help just shows how much stronger you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the reflection journal located on your websites, I want to I want to highlight located on your website because you need to see that there's no way we're going to get through this whole thing. You guys need to see it if you're if you're if you want to get back out there dating as a divorcee, you need to see this reflection journal. I, I love this and I'm dying to talk about it. Please describe for our listeners what your reflection journal is. Yeah, my uh, reflection journal is a free 43 page interactive guide to getting back out there after a divorce or a breakup. Um, it was a labor of love from hundreds of hours of coaching and personal experience turned into a free resource for those who kind of feel like, what the hell am I going to do next? Um, And that want to make sure that they're not going to make the same mistakes, choosing their next partner, and want to make sure that they're putting the best foot out there into this next, uh, this next journey. 
And what is the purpose of the journal? I know you kind of touched on it a little bit. What are we seeking to accomplish by because it is pretty comprehensive? Yeah. So I want someone to put like metaphorical pen to paper because it is a PDF that you fill out. Um, but I want you to put your own answers because I think that resonates with people when they need to kind of dive deeper into what the past meant. We need to take accountability for our part of the divorce to kind of move forward. I don't mean to say you take all the blame, but there's always room. We're all, we all have room to improve. Um, and that's something we address and we talk about core values. We talk about past relationships. We talk about what you want this next chapter to look like, because although divorce does suck, it's a chance to rewrite what this next chapter looks like. Only you can do that. And it is scary and it is amazing. And I'm so excited for you. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. That's a, that's a sound bite right there, boy. That's good. <laughs> I love that. Um, so it's broken down into 20 or so different equally amazing topics and subtopics. OK, if we chat about a few of these and go into a little bit of detail. Yeah, let's dive in. OK, sounds good. So in the introduction, you talk about leaving the we and returning back to the me. Let's talk about that for a little bit. I love that, by the way. Yeah. So this is a section where I really want people to talk about who they are and what they want their future to look like. I think we mentioned before, Dennis, is in a relationship or a marriage, you kind of give so much to the couple that you start to lose pieces of yourself. And that's what I mean from transitioning from the we to the me, because this is the time I want you to be selfish and I want you to for lack of a better term, manifest what you want this to look like. Um, Because at the end of the day, it's your choice on on what it looks like. It is. And the the funny part, and what I try to, as I I on TikTok, you know, give my opinions about relationships and such, what I'm trying to get people to see is what you're doing on the front end and and and, and the juxtaposition of what will happen in your relationship as part of that. So like I'm always saying, balance your single life with your married life. Don't let yourself mold just into you're just a couple. You're known as a couple. That's all that you are. You, you, because in a way, you kind of lose yourself, right? You need to know what, what do you want out of life? What motivates you? What inspires you? What makes you unique? So like that single aspect of knowing who you are and, and trying to retain that throughout your marriage, and, it, and it's difficult especially when you interject kids and businesses and, and everything mm. else you have together. Um, yeah. So yeah, don't lose the me or come back to the me for sure. <laughs> so one of the first topics, who are you? And it still amazes me to this day, how many people, and I was talking with my assistant just the other day about that. I said, if you look outside, I, I'd be willing to bet 75% of the people out there have no clue who they are. Who you are. And I, and I don't know if people self-reflect enough to ask themselves that question. Can you explain what we're driving at here beyond the obvious? Yeah. So I think that there are different aspects that we don't ask ourselves about us. Um, and by that, I mean, what do you stand for? Who are you? What, what hill do you choose to die on? What is, a, what is a deal breaker for you? And I think having concrete opinions about that helps to make sure that you are aligned with someone. So when you do start dating again, you don't have those rose colored glasses and you're like, ah, 
that doesn't align with my core value, but I'll, I'll excuse that behavior. I'll, it's fine. They're hot. Right, right, right. (laughs) I want to get to, to the deep, meaningful part of you to, to evaluate what you want this new companion to look like to complement your life, not just be a different version of your ex. Right, right. To add to add to your life, presumably. Uh, Mm -hmm. So so I found it very interesting that who are you was the first topic. There's a reason why that's the first topic, isn't there? Yeah, you have you have a a solid foundation before you start building up, right? (laughs) Yes. You got to know who you are before any of that other stuff can take place that. Yeah. And I I thought that was great. uh, Great sequencing there. And I'll tell you, sorry, I'll tell you. there's nothing sexier in dating someone who knows who they are and unabashed about it. They are just true to who they are and this is who they are. And it's sexy for a man or a woman to, to be certain. It is that that authenticity. You know, it's so it's funny. I was talking with my wife about the other day about um, so so we watch Yellowstone, right? I love Yellowstone. So so anyhow, the character Rip on there, I said, well, you know, they say he's attractive. He's this or that. I said, you want to know what makes what makes him compelling? He's real. He is who he is. He knows that he's flawed. He's not perfect. He's great at some things, not the best at others, but he's real and he accepts who he is. He's authentic. So I think in many ways, people are are, are drawn to someone like that who's just real. Absolutely. So another topic you have, core values. How do you define those and how important of a role do you think they play in dating? Yeah, I don't think enough people take time to evaluate their core values. And so they're going and kind of floundering around in dating, as I said before. Uh, Core values to me are defining what you are, who you are and what you stand for. And I think that without that, you can't really go into this next chapter. So that's why I think defining your core values makes you step back and evaluate, okay, well, these are important to me. This is what I want a partner to also find important. And this is how we'll have a a great relationship moving forward. Right, right. So you have another section uh, entitled past relationships. How big of a role do you think they play in shaping how you approach future relationships? And is there is there any way to kind of check that proverbial like prior relationship baggage at the door before you jump into a new relationship? Or do you always have that with you and just need to deal with it? I think you can absolutely check baggage at the door, but ignoring that baggage is just going to bite you in the ass down the road. Right. I think that we all come into to dating with different experiences and I think addressing it and at least putting pen to paper and seeing, Oh, this, this is what happened with that last relationship. Oh, this also happened with the person before that. Maybe I've been attracting people or I've been gravitating to people that have this type of personality, whether it be domineering. Oh, wait, this girl's just like my mother. Oh, wait, she's just like my mother. Right. <laughs> Things like that. And I, I think it's important to acknowledge to, and that's the first step in not making the same mistake moving forward. Right, right. So we'll move on to one more, uh, actually a couple more. What do you want? Seems pretty straightforward, right? But this isn't simply, I know what I want and I just need to write it down. And here it is. It's deeper than that. What are we trying to analyze here? We're trying to analyze leaving out everyone else's opinions, friends, family, but what you want this next chapter to look like 
needs to be defined by you instead of just figuring it out as we go. Because as working parents, uh, having a career, trying to have a social life, we kind of let things uh, take place of, of what we want and what our our goals are. We put everything on the back burner, right? For the ones that we love and for right. whatever is required. So if we don't define what we want this next day-to-day to look like, we're never going to get there. We need to set goals and we need to work towards it. And I think this journal does a good job about allowing you to write it out, to try and manifest it, to work towards it. Otherwise, you're going to wake up in a year and be like, holy shit, I'm still doing the same thing. <laughs> right. So so in many ways, like not what do you want? It's what do you want? Independent Absolutely. from everybody else. Because, it, yeah, like you said, you think, what are the kids doing? What does the teacher want? What is my job? But what do you want? And I think a lot of people, Dennis, at least after my divorce, I had I was such a yes woman. And I would just I would appease everyone. And then the year came around my divorce. And I was like, no, hell no. I'm going to say no to this. I'm going to say I'm going to look selfish for once because this life is short and you only get one. It's depending on what you believe in. And at the end of the day, you need to make choices for you. Okay. And, you know, it's funny when I'm talking with divorce clients working back and forth between themselves, I try I say, try to keep the hyperbole out. No adjectives. Well, here you can use an adjective adjective. F no. Hell no. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and it's and it's funny that, to see the themes post divorce. It's it's and I think the intro really hits it. The we to the me, a shift, a shift back to focusing on you individually only you the you so yeah yeah super super useful so i so i don't know if you know this but i'm a big sucker for quotes i love inspirational quotes i think they really resonate with people and they're interspersed throughout by the way um this relate this uh journal so reflection journal so i'd like to share a quote from this journal for my listeners, because I love it. I'm not a huge fan of Tony Robbins, but this is a really good quote. Uh, And here goes. The only way a relationship will last is if you see your relationship as a place that you go to give and not a place that you go to take. This is a great quote, and I'd never seen this before. Where did you find this quote? How did you come across this? I think I found it on a... A relationship article. (laughs) It's a good quote. That's a good one. And there's some other ones in there, too. So if you guys uh, get a chance to check out the uh, the journal, get a chance to see it. It's so true, Dennis. And I think that we forget because, right, we're living our lives. We're dealing with the stress of day to day. And then we we come home and we kind of war vomit our bad day to our our spouse. And we stop doing that. And I think it's just acknowledging that and, and making the conscious effort to do better in the future. Like just because you had a divorce does not mean you can't have a beautiful next relationship. Right. Right. Yeah. There was, there's another quote that I love similar in a similar vein is you can't something along the lines of you can't change other people. You can only change yourself. And you'd be surprised how, when you view the world that way, how people respond to you when you're focusing on you and working on you, the difference in the reactions you get from other people. Um, and then I say, well, you know, some people are just takers and this and that. Yeah, 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 maybe. But then those people naturally will, will find their way out of your life. And the people who really are, are respond with value, um, 
you know, to your focusing on you and changing you and being your best you, uh, those are the people that stick and they get stronger relationships. Yeah. Mindset, especially well with everything, but dating is just a huge difference. It's night and day. So this, uh, obviously we saved the best for last and this is my absolute, absolute favorite topic slash subtopic uh, of the uh, reflection journal, a letter to your ex. Please tell me about this exercise because I know I, I know 90% of my divorce clients will love the this exercise. Tell me a little bit about this. Danger, danger, a letter. <laughs> right, um, right. So I chose this as an exercise for the final part of the reflection journal because I thought it kind of tied it up in a nice bow, right? If you have children and you're co-parenting with your ex, you're obviously going to be dealing with them for a long time. And depending on your divorce, it could also be that way. Um, But this letter gives a few prompts. It says that I'm writing this letter because, and you fill out why you're writing this letter. Um, And you say, I thank you for, and you write what you're thankful for, for your ex, because there weren't always bad times. Or right. sorry, that yeah, yeah, there weren't always bad times, and it's hard to to remember the good times. But this kind of helps put in perspective what did go right. And then I plan to move forward by is just putting pen to paper on how you are consciously going in and making an effort to move past this. And a beautiful thing about divorcees, Dennis, is although they've gone through one of the darkest times of their life. I love working with divorcees because they have such a deep and like deep passion and they have the capacity to love even more than before. And so going to those dark times allows you to just love deeper, more intensely. It's just beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the word that comes to mind, there is hope. There is hope. And I think sometimes people don't, uh, they're in such a difficult situation, so stressful, they don't realize all that they have, all that they have to offer, all that's inside, that they really never took the time to, or haven't in many years taken the time to be introspective about, reflect on, and, um, and see what they're capable of, what their, what their future potential is. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I will tell you, a lot of the ex-divorcees that I've represented, the letter that they would be writing to their ex would not be that. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I have I have down here drop. They'd want to drop it right into the uh, right into the overnight priority mail and mail it right to their house. But yeah, but but, but this is just an exercise. The plan is just, you know, you get rid of the letter after it. Uh, I, I guess. Yeah. What could go wrong? Right. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> I had entitled this. I had entitled this. This is this is the catharsis, you know, <laughs> so. Uh, so can you share with me your favorite inspirational quote? For our listeners out there, our divorcees, to encourage them to get back out into the dating world. Because while I have a lot of people that ask me, when can I date again? I have a lot of other people who say, I never want to date again in my life. I never, I just want to be alone. I want to be by myself. I want to be a hermit in the woods in a cabin and not see anybody. So, so any inspirational words of wisdom you can give for us? Yeah, I would say that you are worthy of love you're worthy of love and going through a divorce and coming out through the other side allows you to love deeper and with more passion than you ever thought was possible. So go, go easy on yourself and you are worthy of love. Oh, that's great. I love that so much. So, uh, 
Question, Jade, what resources do you have to offer our listeners out there? Where can they find you? What tools and resources can they take advantage of that you provide? Give us all the info so people, if they want to work with you or want to take advantage of the tools you have to offer, that they can get a hold of you. Yeah, so please visit my website. It's www.datingafterdivorce.com. So just datingafterdivorce.com. I have a free reflection journal. I send out free weekly dating advice for those specifically dating after divorce. Um, So no other company does that. Um, And then if you'd like to book a call and see how our services can help you, um, it's on the website datingafterdivorce.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at dating underscore after underscore D-I-V. Excellent. Excellent. And and thank you so much, Jade. You have so many uh, really useful resources out there. I think there's not enough time and effort put in putting into the process of finding the person you want to spend the bulk of your time with. And it sounds like most people are looking for long term, strong relationships, even if they're not remarrying. So you know, definitely my suggestion to my listeners out there, put the time in. You have to put the time in, like just like anything else. And many times a professional helps you do that in, in better than in any other way. So um, so thank you so much for coming on to the show, Jade. We we're really happy to have you uh, again. Check out Jade's website. Uh, say that once one more time again, please. Datingafterdivorce.com. OK, excellent. And there's a lot of resources there. Thank you once again, everyone, for tuning in to Divorce Stories. I'm your host, Dennis Petrano. We'll see you again next time. Take care. Have a great day.